This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message called by Binocular. And where this comes from, I just want to share with you how it was born on Monday morning of this week. I'm tired. I know that um, I was supposed to have a little bit of rest time Monday, not off, but a little bit of rest time on Monday built into the schedule. And, and then I was supposed to have just a full day on Tuesday. And there was a scheduling conflict, so they moved uh, a four speaking times to Monday. And then I had to go back uh, way across town to speak again on Tuesday and and, and and I knew all that was ahead of me. I was rushed. I was feeling like, you know, uh, I'm going to honor God with my devotion time. I'm, I'm going to honor God. And I started reading. And as I started reading, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, you need to know what that is. And I said back, I said, no, 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 no. I, I need to get done. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I was like, Lord, I, I know that's you, but but certainly you want me to finish what I'm doing right now. I'll study that later. I'll, I'll make a note of it. He said, find it out. And so the Lord began to speak to me. And in a moment, I knew what I would talk to you about tonight. From the Song of Solomon. If you've got your Bible, we're going to have a lot of different scriptures. From the Song of Solomon, chapter number one. I had read it several times before he finally said, hey, look. The Song of Solomon, which if you're looking for that, you have, you have Job and you, you have, you have uh, Psalms and, and, and Proverbs and then you have the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter number 1, and verse number 15, says, Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. So you are, you are beautiful, you are beautiful. And then this is what arrested me time and time again in this Song of Solomon. He said, you have dove's eyes. You have dove's eyes. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very plainly and he said, he said, son, you need to figure out what that is. Father, tonight I ask you to allow what you showed to me this week somehow to trans, just transfer into these that are with me tonight. Lord, that we might all know what this means. Father, speak to us. Speak to us clearly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we're about to set a tone here, the Scripture, you have dove's eyes. I began to research and I, I found that doves have by binocular vision by two they have binocular they see as we see but the difference is this not a great peripheral vision but when they focus on whatever it is they focus on they see that and that alone that when they find whatever they and I feel the Holy Spirit as I speak that to you when they find whatever is worthy to be focused on that's what they focus on God began to deal with my heart about that, that focusing on that one thing. And, and, and let me just say, do you see Him? 
Ask somebody around you, do you see him? Ask somebody, ask somebody. Do you, do you see him? That we would become so focused that we lose sight of all else. And I want you to feel what I feel. I feel the passion of that. That there's so much in this life that wants to distract us. But that we would see Him. Doves most often are, 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 are so focused on their mate. So much so that they have been called lovebirds. That's why you see them during Valentine's. That's why you see them during weddings. To watch a matched pair of doves, you would notice that they're always watching each other. Their actions become synchronized. They land together. They take a loft together. They fly together. Because they become focused on each other. In the Song of Solomon, the beloved is Jesus, and we, the bride of Christ, are the lover. And Jesus says, Oh, my loved one, you have no time. talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you.
could lose sight of everything else. That God would take the place in our life that He deserves. That all the distractions and all the problems and all the things that we thought of during the time that we're supposed to focus on Him might fall to the side and we might return to our beloved. That we might chase Him passionately. That we might fall deeply in love with Him again. That everything about us would long for Him as He longs for us. And God arrested me after such a powerful weekend. God arrested me after days of being in His presence. God God arrested me and said, Son, you need to get this. Do you see anything else? Or do you look at me? You see, Jesus is saying that we should only have eyes for Him. That when another lover walks through, that we're sold out, that we're done, we're through because we have fallen for Him. Jesus is telling us that that we need to learn to watch His every move and, and we move when He moves. Jesus is telling us that we act as we see Him act. And when we don't know what to do, we find out what He does and that's what we do. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? Jesus arrested my heart and said, Son, do you have those eyes? You need to find out what this is. That we learn not to become distracted by the allure of the world, but that we already have seen something better. That we must become singularly focused upon Christ. This is accomplished in many ways, but most importantly, we stay true to our greatest purpose because what did He say when He spoke unto Peter and to the other fishermen? He said, follow thou me. Come follow me. He didn't say, uh, you know, He said, I'll make you fishers of men, but He didn't tell them everything they were going to experience. But He said, the most important thing that, that you can do, the most important thing in your life is that you follow thou me. And I, I, I feel this. I feel it deep in who I am because that's where we are in the beginning. We, 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 we come to Jesus and we are forgiven and we are washed clean. And I, I'm going to get to this message more in just a moment, but we, we, we get everything that we could have never imagined and He gives it all freely to us. And He says, I only want one thing from you and I want, that's simple. I want all of you. I want your attention. I want your focus. Allow all the pains and things that you've been staring at for too long. Stop looking in the mirror of regret. Stop looking in the mirror of shame. And lift up your eyes and focus on Jesus, He says. Find dove eyes that all you see is Him. To follow our beloved wherever He might lead. Who is like you, O God? There is none. Nothing of this world compares to the beauty that you have to show us, O God. That we might know Him. I think you may wonder, where is Pastor Don tonight? I'm somewhere between worship and preaching. I'm not real sure how to distinguish between them right this moment because how can you say find Him and Him alone and not be walking there for a moment? That, that everything else doesn't matter. That if, if, if anything, I want you to see. Can you not see what I see? Can you, can you not? You know, you know I, I remember when Bethany was a, a little girl and, and she was uh, hunting eggs at Easter and, and she found the prize egg. And I'll never forget one year she went and got one of her little friends and, and, 
and she, she brought them and she's like, look, 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 there it is, there it is. And, and allowed that friend to, to take that and, and to receive the prize. And, and, and I thought about how she's found it and she pointed it out. I have found something better. I have found something that gives you hope, that gives you peace. I have found the prize. And I feel like that tonight. I'm saying, look, look, look at Jesus. That we might singularly know Him. You see, Song of Solomon 2.14 says, My dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. When he refers to us as, as his dove, it has a different meaning. It means something different than when it says that you have the eyes of doves as it does in Psalm, uh, of Solomon 5.12. His eyes are the eyes of doves by the rivers of water. So what it's saying here is the beloved ha or the loved one has, must have the eyes of doves. But then it says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now the one who loves you has the eyes of doves. That the eyes of doves by the rivers of water is washed with milk and fitly set. Here's the beauty of that. When we realize that He not only wants us to see only Him, but we understand that Christ also suffers from binocular condition, that He becomes affixed on us. That when we learn to look at Him, He's looking back at us. And we become star-crossed lovers with the King of glory. And we look into His eyes and He looks into our eyes and, and He sees nothing else. Pastor Don, why do you feel this so strongly? Because I began to understand that he looked past the pain of the cross and he looked to the joy that laid on the other side of it. And when the whipping and the beating and the nails and the, the scars and the crown of thorns, he could not see any of it because all he could see on the other side of it was you and I. Am I a little too animated tonight? Well, good, I'm about to get more animated. Come on now, man. Why? Because I feel what I'm telling you with all that's in me. I am in love with him. I feel that feeling, you know, that when you fall in love and, and you're tossing and you're turning and you cannot sleep. I feel it in God's house. How can we come into God's house and be asleep when we've come before the one who's looking down at us and he says, look at me, I'll look at you. And we lift our worship and we make connection with God. Amen. You see, he sees only us. I want you to get this. He loves you individually. He loves you individually. He, he doesn't just see the whole here. He sees you. I'll never forget, I was in a service one time, and I was sitting around in the front row, and, and the speaker, all they could do was look straight at me the whole service. I thought, do you think I'm lost? And they looked at me the whole service. They looked at me so long, people came up to me after service and said, how do you know them? I said, I don't know them. They said, why did they look at you? I said, all I can figure is they're blind and that's about as far as they could see. Come on now. But the thing was, it made me uncomfortable because I know that they saw me. I want you to feel a little bit of uncomfort for just a moment. He sees you. He sees your scars. He sees your pain. He sees your struggles. And yet, He still loves you. Why? Because he, he parts all of that and He sees the one that He's called by a new name. He sees the one that He died for. He loves you. He has that binocular ability to single in on the one. You see, we are His everything. He longs for us. Song of Solomon 6.9 reads it like this, My dove, my undefiled is but one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of, that, of her that bore her or bare her. Listen to this. Here's what he's saying. I've seen them all, and there's none like you. 
That's what He says about you. He says, I have looked throughout the world. I've seen every person, every unique individual. I've seen them all. And there's nobody like you. You're unique. And I see you, God says, for who you are. I see you the way you've been made. I see you in your strongness. I see your hard-headedness. Come on now, amen. I see your art. I see your way with words. I see the quietness of your spirit. I see you the way you are. And trust me, God says, I've looked all over and there's nobody else like you and I can't get you out of my mind, He says. You see, we have to understand and realize that Christ died for the world. The Scripture says that the gate into heaven is narrow and straight. Where the way that leads to hell is broad and many fall there uh, through. But listen to me carefully. If the way to heaven's gate is narrow and straight, we understand that He sees us individually as we come through that narrow gate. He's watching for us. Which tells me that Christ died for all mankind, but He died for you. He died for you. Why don't you just take your hand do this for just a moment. Put it right here. You're patting the person He died for. He died for you. I want you to catch that for a moment. See, we can say, oh yes, Jesus died for the sins of the world. No, 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 He died for your sin. He died for what you were ashamed of that you want no one to ever know. And He sees it. But He takes it. And He wants to cast it as far away as the east is from the west. Because He loves you. In spite of all of those things, He loves you. How could a God do that? How could a righteous God do that? That's a great question. But He did it. Because He loves you. The Bible says from the foundations of the earth, He had His eye on you and was crucified before the foundations of the very earth. You see, and because we are one of a kind and He loves us that way, each one, we can also understand that we all are His favorites. Question is, is he our faith? Song of Solomon 5 2 says this I, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. Listen carefully. For my head is filled with the dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. The beloved is knocking to wake up his love. The beloved is the one who stands, not the lover standing at the door going, let me in, let me in, but it is the beloved, the one, the king is the one knocking at the door, wanting in to spend time with the one that he loves, the one that he desires. You see, we must desire a more intimate relationship with him that goes beyond ritual and public praise and awakens the very depths of who we are. That it won't just be because someone else has written a song that our hearts cry out, but that somewhere within us we have tasted of the Lord and we've seen that the Lord is good and we've got to see Him and we'll push back all of the clouds of depression. We'll push back every cloud of despair and we'll step out and say, God, I must see You because I have had a glimpse of You and nothing else will do. As He calls to us, for a deeper relationship. You see, it's not man beating upon the door of heaven just wanting an audience with the king. Rather, it is the king wanting time with us. Wanting to know us and us to know him. You see, you never truly know someone until you do life with them. 
with this binocular vision, we have true, have a true blessing of a deeper relationship with Christ. But whenever we pursue the King, we also find the favor of the King. When this last verse was read, it said, my head is filled with dew. We need to understand what the Scripture symbolizes whenever there's dew present. You see, the manna came with the dew. The Scripture shows us that the dew represents the favor of God. So many times we find ourselves seeking God's favor. But this passage tells us when we fix our eyes, when we become binocular upon Christ, the result is first and foremost that we find Him. And when we become concerned about the greater things, I thought about what Jesus said when Martha came and said, Mary's worshiping and, 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 and you need to tell her to get up and come help me with the things over here that need to be done. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. What she has found is more important. When we become more focused on what is more, I feel the Holy Ghost as I'm speaking to you. When we become more focused on what is important, then we begin to reap the reward of, of finding time with Him. You see, most of us spend a whole lot of time fighting trying to seek favor. Maybe if I live good enough, maybe God will see to bless me and give me favor. Maybe if I can figure out how to beat this sin, then finally I can have a little bit of victory. I want to be a child that makes my father glad. It is my heart's cry. But this passage brings such revelation that when our eyes become binocular, we become so focused on God that the change we cannot bring begins to come into our lives. Why? Because instead of focusing on the sin, we focus on the Savior. And as we begin to focus on the Savior, everything else in our life begins to line up. Most of us can't see Jesus past our own failures. Can I get an amen? We can't see Jesus past the thing we're struggling with in our life. And that's what Jesus sent me with this message for tonight. Stop looking at your faults and your failures and your problems. Lift up your eyes to the hills from which come with your help. Look unto Jesus and Jesus will deliver you. Amen. Now look, what I'm about to say is a very sensitive subject. But I just want to be real blunt. I'm going to tell you a testimony from a young man. I'll be happy to give you his name afterwards. It's his public testimonies. Done it on television, but he, he works for us. And I, I, I want to share his testimony for just a moment. I'm robbing his testimony. This young man found Jesus living in Florida. He was living in a, a same-sex relationship. When he found Christ, he looked at me and he said, he said, Pastor, he said, when I found Jesus, he said, the first thing that I wanted to do was to go somewhere found a home, and this is, I want you to hear what he said, and I don't want you to just take it with, we're going somewhere with it. He said, my desire was to find a man who loved Jesus also, so we could found a family together. That's what he told me. He said, I knew nothing different. He said, that's who I was. He said, but something happened inside of me. He said, God took me to a place and put me in a prayer room, and for almost two years, I believe it was, he sat in a prayer room almost every day seeking the face of God. Nobody indoctrinating him, nobody telling him how broken he was. He said, I got into the presence of God, and as I got in the presence of God, he said, I began to have an interaction with the King of Heaven. He said, and all of a sudden, something inside of me began to change. Listen to me carefully. He said, something inside of me began to change. He said, what I could not fix in myself, and nobody could tell me any different. He said, I, nobody tried to tell me any different. He said, they just told me that Jesus loved me. And he said, when I got in the presence of Jesus, the thing that I didn't know could ever change in my life, he said, suddenly, he said, uh, he said a girl entered the, the room and I took notice. I'm serious. 
He said, she entered the room and I saw a girl in a way I'd never seen a girl before. And he said, now we're about to have our fourth child. Come on now, amen. Why? He said, not because somebody tried to change me. He said, but because I met Jesus and when I got in the presence of Jesus, what I could not change about myself suddenly changed. I want you to get that. You've been trying to fix yourself according to somebody else's standard. You will never measure up. You will never get there. But if you will find Jesus, He will bring life to you the way He's called for you to have. Amen. I don't care what the world says about you. I care, do you know Jesus? Pastor, I can't fix myself. No, you cannot. But I know a man who can. He is, ah, goodness, can you worship Him for a moment? I feel His presence tonight. Jesus. 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 None like you, none before you. I just feel like somebody's been dealing with something. It's probably been about 30, I feel like this thing's been 30 years you've been dealing with this, and God's speaking tonight that this is your answer. Stop focusing on what you're dealing with and start looking to Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Don't find a strange worship in a worship service. Hallelujah. Some of you are trying to fix your marriage. What you need to do is get Jesus in your marriage. Whew. Start focusing on what's more important like Mary. Finding Jesus. May He give you dove's eyes. Let me ask you a simple question. Like, can you forgive your own sins? That's a question. Can you forgive your own sins? All right. I may need to stop here and teach a while. Basic Christianity 101. Can, can you wash yourself clean and forgive your own sins? Yes or no? No. Can you earn forgiveness somehow by being good enough? And then why do you keep trying to earn forgiveness that leads to favor? It's that simple. Then maybe somehow you're good enough. He can forgive you today. He sees you. What did the Scripture say? That while we were yet in our sins, He died for us and loved us. That's the kind of God I've come to preach to you tonight. What happens, watch what happens when you focus on Jesus, okay? And the dew of His love rains down upon you. Isaiah 26, 19 reads like this. But those who die in the Lord will live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. You see, as you become more focused upon Jesus, His life-giving light will fall to resurrect you. Let me tell you what's going to fall in your life. Favor is going to fall. Favor is going to come to your life. Not because you seek favor, but because you are with the one. It's amazing what we see favor in. I don't know why I need to share this with you, but I found favor this morning and I rejoiced in the Lord. I was coming down 400 this morning and I could see that the light had already turned and that meant I was going to have to have five more minutes. But I believe God in heaven kept it green. And I came through that light going, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God. Do you know what? I wasn't going to get angry and I wasn't going to get frustrated. I was already resigned to the fact that I may have to have a few more moments right here. And you know, I found favor in that. 
that God, I'm, you think I'm kidding, it stayed, I mean, there were probably people on the other side going, Whoa, you know, <laughs> they were praying, what's wrong with this light? And I'm like, because God loves me. I found favor. And I thought of my father. You see, Jesus wants to send you favor not because you're good, but because it will remind you from whence it comes so you'll lift back up your eyes. Am I making sense to anybody? Freedom will come when you start staying in His presence. Freedom will come. Victory is yours. And victory will stay. I want you to get that. Victory will stay in His presence. Song of Solomon chapter 5, verse 2 and 3 says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. That's the verse we just talked about, that the dew is his favor. But listen to verse number 3. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How shall... I defile them. I love that verse because this is what it says. I have put on my garment of righteousness. I have washed myself clean. How will I stay clean? How will I overcome? How will I win the battle for my mind and for my soul? By focusing on my beloved. By focusing on Jesus. The battle has had my attention far too long. For some reason, I'm reminded of the story of George Washington. As he's trying to take the fort, he moves his men closer and closer, and and it's been a devastating battle. He's gathered around by by many, including the French general that was so so well-known in our revolution. And as as he's surrounded by them, as they're getting closer and closer, he move, he's moving his tent forward, moving the men forward, and a cannon is fired, and a cannonball literally takes out the tent. The hat of the, the parson that is there is, is singed as he's getting up off the ground. The, 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 the Frenchman is knocked down. I mean, there, there's, there's damage. The tent is destroyed. But as the dust settled, Washington stood still with his eye on the target. I don't know what has tried to knock you down. But this sermon is simple. Put your eye on the target. Put your eye on Jesus. Look to the one who helps you when no one else can help. Lift up your eyes unto him. Would you stand with me tonight? One last scripture. Chapter 2, verse number 10. My lover said to me, Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. Can't you hear him calling? Have dove's eyes. The rest does not matter. I don't care how broken you feel. It is fleeting. This life is but a moment. And it's gone. But He has invited us to lock eyes with Him now. You know, when I perform a wedding, and this is one of the things I usually say during the wedding, and sometimes I'll say it during the rehearsal, I'll say, I want you to look into the eyes of the one that you're going to wake up seeing every morning. 
I want to invite you to look in the eyes of your Savior who no matter what life throws your way will be waiting to lock eyes with you every morning. And He's saying, come away with me. Push everything else aside. Rise up, my love. Focus on me. I have simply brought you what He poured into me in a moment. And I've been rather wrecked ever since. That we might see Him. And now we may look dimly, as it were, through a glass or in a mirror, but one day we shall see Him face to face. But just because we see dimly now, it is no excuse to stop looking. That we might love Him. And we might find Him. It is my desire for you to get messed up like I'm messed up. Some of you are going, Lord Jesus, help us. That you would cut whatever it is off and stop scrolling through whatever it is and shut whatever it is down and you would say, I want to see you. I want to know you. So I ask you again, can you see him? Can you see him? Or do you need to tear down every stronghold that's built? Do you need to, do you need to surrender it all and say, let me see past it all, Jesus. I, I want to see you. If the lame man had tried to walk to get to Jesus, then he would have never walked. But he went to Jesus as he was. And he was made whole. I promise you, Jesus is still making people whole. If you'll simply desire to get to Him as you are. And we might know you. Give us dove's eyes that all we might see is you, Jesus. And everything else would fail and everything else would pass away. But we will stand because of whom we have chosen to stand with. Choose who you will serve, church, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because He never fails. If you know me, you know this is the time we bow our heads, we raise our hands, we pray sometimes on the altar. I just want you to lift your hands with me today. Oh, that we might see you, Jesus. Oh, that we might know you, Jesus. That we might love you more and more. Come on, don't leave me walking toward him alone. Oh, that we might know Him in the fullness of His resurrection power and in the joy of His suffering that we, we might see past this dimness into the light of His face. As this great poet here said that you are the fairest of 10,000, the bright and morning star, the, the lily of the valley. That you stand above them all so that as you say about us, I've seen them all and you're unique. That we might be able to say we have seen this world 
but nothing compares to you. All honor, all glory, all praise be unto our God. This is what I feel. I feel like I just took an ember from a fire and put it inside of you. Now you carry that ember with you and you fan it and you blow on it. You keep it alive. You keep it strong. You find yourself a quiet place and you lift up your voice and give Him praise. I want you to burn. What did the great pastor of old say? Lord, light a fire in me that burns so bright that others just want to see it burn. No, I want that fire to burn in you also that you might see Him. I feel like it's a call to some worshipers. But I'm going to preach again, so I'm just doing what He said. I give you that ember. Now go with God. Be blessed. Be encouraged. You can worship as long as you want, but that's it. Take it with you. In Jesus' name. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.